This is the Football Pink Podcast, and welcome back. It's been about a week and a half since we've last yeah the podcast, hasn't it? Been a bit busy. Been a bit it's busy. It, 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 it's been a busy period, hasn't it? But um, the Reds have been busy as well, haven't they? Reds have been busy in the rest of us, and keeping us, so keep us entertained. Two competitions, two wins. Um, it's been quite nice. Really. Two big wins as well, if you count the opposition. We'll um, start with the best of the two, Everton, or, um, yeah, Everton at home, sorry, in the FA Cup. FA it was, Cup. Unbelievable. It was always going to be a cautious tie because we knew, you know, we knew this one we had coming in, um, coming into the Evans game. We had Spurs, United, Wolves, and then the catch-up game. Um, and everyone was looking at that big block of four games. So we knew the injury list we had as well. We knew what side we were going to put out. Everyone was looking at back and going, formation-wise, what we're we going to do. And everyone was saying, do you do a mixture of both, this, that, and the other. But Klopp with really what everyone thought was going to happen but didn't want to. He showed he had big balls again, didn't he? Because we all thought he might do something wild and wacky, but I really didn't think he'd go that far, if I'm honest. Uh, I think the writing was on the wall when he uh, had Ryan Brewster kind of thing and didn't let him go out on loan originally because he was going to play in this game. Bringing that Phillips back. But yeah, all that kind of stuff. But it was... It was bold. It was so bold and could have been a banana again. But again, I guess from Klopp's perspective, had we gone out of the FA Cup, would he have really been asked? He's looking at the longevity. Look, if we gone on at the FA Cup now, would we really be asked sitting here now after talking, after beating um, Tottenham to go 16 points clear at the top of the league? Correct. We wouldn't be, would we? No. It would, have, it would hurt and it would be annoying that that's the re- the reason. That's how we lost our um, the, the you unbeaten know, this, run. This unbeaten run and what have you. The only thing that would have made it hurt for me was Everton. I mean, that was that was the big thing. I think it was any other team, people wouldn't have been that asked about it. But I do think that's what I'm saying. That's it, what I'm yeah. like, um, in like saying the big scheme of things would be, be even if it was Everton. I feel like we wouldn't be asked right now after gone and beating um, Spurs. Um, I don't think we, we we would have got over it now, now but it, it would have been a tough week. Yeah, but it would have been a very tough week. And all the, uh, you know, the internet and social media would have gone absolutely bonter. Our phones wouldn't have stopped. Um, like I say, going into it, I was a bit worried because, you know, obviously they just got Carlo Angelotti in. Um, but it was more of, it was, it was do or die for Everton. Um, they say they're, they're obviously not in a title race. They're out the League Cup. They got knocked out the other week in the League Cup um, quarter final against um, Leicester on penalties. Um, and you know the FA Cup was all or nothing for them, and you think Carlo would have looked at that? I know they were just as angry to get us as we were to get them. We didn't want them, and they didn't want us. They, no. You don't want someone that that early. They would have been eyeing up the FA Cup as soon as he came in. They would have been eyeing up the FA Cup, going, "Let's have a good cup run." That'll get the fans back on side. And as soon as they draw us, and again, I think it's tough for Ancelotti because he knows Klopp's going to make a large amount of changes. He doesn't know his team that well, and. How does he prepare? He doesn't know who he's setting up for, kind of thing. He, he you know, it would have been hard to second guess that front line. Let's be honest. I think you know, and that's one thing we did have because we knew how they were going to set up. Yeah, um, we knew they would have been full strength, and they were full strength. They, you know, they went full strength as much as they could. So, where do you think it went wrong for them? Where do you, yeah, from an Everton perspective, where did it all go horribly wrong? We look, we we were always good, like even against Villa, um, being kids, and obviously they were even younger. We were always going to start the game quick and fast. Um, we were always going to start on top with the crowd, um, and we were always going to have the first ten minutes, just like any home team in the derby would. Um, I reckon, but after that, that that ten minutes turned to fifteen. That fifteen f- turned to twenty. That twenty turned into thirty. And I felt like the Everton team, they just don't, they don't, they're, look, they're, they're obviously, they're, as a team, they're collectively technically better. But for me, they don't have the, the, um, the it is a, an Everton thing, it's a mindset. Yeah. You know, they talk about mentality monsters, this Liberal side. It, they don't have the, the, the morale inside the, in the team. They have no leaders on that pitch. I'm looking at starting 11 now. They actually have not one single leader on that pitch. Uh, I think Adrian. Did well for us. Uh, I think that first half, he made some good saves that kept us in the game. I don't, they were they were saves you would expect him to make. Don't get me wrong. But well, I mean, one hit him. One yeah. just hit him. But as a keeper, all you can do is make yourself big. One did yeah. just hit him. So, and I think, you know, 
if I was honest, Everton were the better team in the first half. They, 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 but as you say, we just soaked it up. I think we were nervous in the first 10 or 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, let's say, Nat, you know, we'll talk about the starting 11. Obviously, Harvey, um, Harvey Elliott. Nat Phillips joined Gomez at the back um, with Adrian in goal. It was a big thing for Gomez to step up because he was going to have to. Um, has been, you know, he's only 22, but he's got to be the senior centre back there. You now, Nat well, Phillips came back from Stuttgart. He's um, not just the, the senior centre back. I mean, I think uh, originally, obviously, Milner was at left back. And, okay, and the injury came in. So, so basically, he had to become the senior player in the back line. Obviously, going in, um, but then luckily, you do. That's the good thing about having Adrian as that backup. Obviously, um, if you had someone going into Mignolet, coming into that, you wouldn't be as confident. Um, the, the back line would be I mean, it would be interesting to see, you know, if if Adrian didn't have his run at the start of the season, would he be? Would we be as, as confident? Obviously, his confidence is sky high. Um, it's crazy, isn't it? But, he, he, but he, he's, he's, he's something that you need. And he knows his role. You know, I think obviously with Mignolet, with um, carries through the year, you know, he if he was playing in the FA Cup early round... They're the games you don't really want to be playing because you want to rest, because you want to be playing the league games. You know if you're playing these games, you're not going to be playing the other games on the weekend in the league. Um, so he'd be maybe not as very vocal, he'd like he wouldn't want to be there. But Adrian knows if we lose this competition, that's his... That he's it's not, his season he, done. That's his season done, really, unless it's an injury. So, you know, and he was so vocal. He pulled off saves when he needed him. And it, was, it wasn't the ones where, obviously, when we were getting caught, especially Nat Phillips, where it was going over his head, it wasn't a bollocking. Um, like you've seen some keepers do, and you keep you see keepers expect to do that. He, you know, it, it was it was a it was a you know a criti- uh, constructive constructive criticism. criticism and just um, just rallying the boys and just say keep going type of thing. Um, and you know, for me, I mean, if it wasn't for you know, get onto midfield in the middle, Lallana and Chiavella, Nico Williams would be my e um, man of the match. He is the only worry I have from is that he's a right back. Coming into a team that has the world's best young right back, um, because he was unreal. Yeah, he was so good. Um, he just, exactly what we expect from a a, a Liverpool um, right back at the minute. He got up. Um, he was defensively sound. He got up and helped in support and attack. Obviously, we saw in the League Cup against Everton that he can whip a ball in as well. And on some set pieces, Nico whips some balls in. My only issue is he will Where's be he, he, he will be looking ahead going. Where am I going to play? That, but that's my only wor- uh, worry with him. Um, can he play on the left? You don't know. Um, but then you say on the left. But then Larucci came in and did really well okay. also. And you've still got Robbo to to, to exactly to, to displace on the left hand side. Not exactly that old, really. No, no, not but at all. But you know what? When you know, it is nice knowing that you know. Obviously, we talk about getting um, support in for these fullbacks. You know, we put Joe Gomez out there support sometimes to give. Um, yeah. Trent arrest for me now. Gomez is your centre half. If you're going to rest Gomez, he doesn't play. Or if you agreed, um, agreed. if you're going to rest Trent, Gomez, you know he stays in. He, Gomez doesn't play. It's Nico Williams that comes in because he's going to give you exactly. He may be not as obviously as quality, but he's going to give you exactly what you expect. And that means you know you think back to that Napoli home game where Gomez played right back. We were so one dimensional. We were always down the left. Every time Gomez got it, he played it backwards, and that's because what he's a, he, he obviously is a centre back, so he's a more what you say more traditional right back. Yeah, and well, so Nico but he's Williams not a right back. Get, exactly, he's just a defender. But exactly, so we played like a more traditional right back, defending first, where you know, let's say if you had Larucci or Nico Williams come into a side, maybe against United this week, a bit different. But if you he had to come into a side against Norwich I'd, at home, you'd back him all the way. Yeah, especially I mean, being next to a Van Dijk. Exactly. Or a Gomez. I think the, with the two centre-backs, you know, for me, Gomez stays in, uh, you know, unless he gets injured or, or goes out for a rest and Matip will come back in. But the you get, out of the two, you've got Van Dijk, who is just the Rolls-Royce. He's always in the right place at the right time. So he if, if he needs to cover Robertson, he does. It's no big deal. Gomez isn't as good as Van Dijk or that kind of thing, but what he's got is that pace, and he covers Trent so often with that pace, and I think he does that far better than Matip does. For me, the fact that um, Gomez played so well without Van Dijk, everyone says people will only play well because he's next to Van Dijk. I mean, now, if you were to rest someone, 
you if you were to rest Van Dyke and bring Matip in next to Gomez, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. No, no, because Gomez shows. I mean, even Matip, I mean, Matip's a senior pro, really, in there, but it shows that you know that we can, as one of our star players can go out and we can still. Well, a big test. Be defensively sound. Big test on that would be who would go left back. Would Matip, as the senior pro, go out of position to left back, or would Gomez go to? And obviously, they'd already they already know that. But you're right. Left centre half. And then moving on to midfield, well, unreal. Yeah, you know, we start with Alana, Chiavella, and Curtis Jones. And Chiavella's the forgotten man, really, doesn't he? You know, he's only 22, but he feels like he's been at the club for. Feels like he's coming up to a test. Forever. Feels like he's coming up to a <laughs> testimonial. Um, you've got, you know, Curtis Jones. You know. We'll get onto the goal later, but um, I thought he was a bit um, lost in the first half, um, personally. Um, and I mean, even just before his goal, um, there was a chance for a one-two, and he, he he didn't get it back, and he was really angry. And I think we were about to make a sub, and I think he was worried that he would might have he been coming gonna, off. Well, I think there was a tactical change that uh, in the second half that pushed him on further, and that's what brought him into the game more. Because we were playing, you know, we were playing a flat four-three-three really, and Chibel and Lallana, and you think um, Minamino played up top, didn't he? Or you know, we don't really know. How, we think he played up top. There would have been rotations there, but he's not really an out-and-out striker. So there would have been a lot of rotation going on there, and he would have been dropping deep, you know, not really allowing Curtis Jones to get on yeah, too he's, far. He's basically trying to do the Firmino role, and he's the close. Yeah, it looks like he's potentially going to give us that going forwards. But Lallana was. Lana was out of this world, wasn't he? He was. The fact that Gome, I mean, um, Klopp came on and basically took his hat off to him after the game. And that, quite right too. You know, I mean, spoke, you, said, you spoke about Milner coming off injured. Um, he, he had to grab that armband and he had to really... And he wore it. He wore the armband. He carried it and he carried it really bloody well. Uh, um, you know, probably one of the people that turned around and said, you know, maybe we should consider letting Lana go in the summer. You know, he's struggling to get back to fitness yet again. But he's come in there and he's absolutely grabbed it with both hands and turned around and said, how can you leave me out of this squad now as I'm fit? And Klopp's always backed him, let's be honest. And Klopp he, knows he told him how much he loves him. Yeah. Now, here's the thing for me. You know his contract's coming to an end. Would he leave this, that and the other? For me... No, I'm going to pose a question. Would you, as a squad player, keep him around or would you get rid of him? If he wants to stay, I'd give him another 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 year. Uh, whether whether I'd give him two. Because in, in two... if you, oh, so you, That means are you blocking some... Correct. In two years, you're blocking. He's staying around a year as a squad player, helping the young kids come through, and he knows he's only around for another year, and he'll get his chances when they're available, but there will be, the kids will get blooded, ready to take his place. Here's my thing. Lalana is on 110 grand a week. Yes, he's well paid. This is pounds, by the way. He is well paid to be a squad player. Players that he is paid more than. Just quickly. Matip, Mane, Fabinho... Becker, Wijnaldum, Robbo, Gomez, Trent, and he. By the way, he all he dub, he more than doubles Robbo's, Origi, Trent's, and Gomez's more than doubles, and he's just a, you know he's about 40 k more than Beckham, Fabinho. For for him to stay, I would say you need to take a pay cut. You can't be having a squad player earning one hundred and ten grand a week. It would. Ha- what they'd have to do is go on to. Uh, and availability. If if you're available to play and not injured and we don't pick you, you still get paid. But if you're injured and unavailable, then you don't get paid or you get a pay cut. That's what I mean. Like, like I said, it, it swings around about. But, you know, I listened to a podcast in the week and they were talking about Shaq and um, Lovren and they were saying they're great squad players. But when we've needed them this season, they're not they there. haven't been available. So what's the point of having a squad player that isn't available when you need them? And Lovren in particular, you know, we talked on this podcast and I'd said he's never played more than seven games in a row. And he got to, I think he did get to his seventh. He might have got to an eighth game and then he went out again and we haven't seen him. He's been injured since. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, Lallana, yeah, Lallana's maybe just now back in hit form. And, and if he carries through and plays well to the end of the season, who knows? Who knows? So we get to the front three, Origi, Minamimo and Elliot. How did you think... Um, Minamimo, Minamimo, Minamino. Look, had his um. He's come in on a week's training, uh, and let's be honest, he's not even playing with the main squad. He's playing with the kids. Well, he's come in and he's 
somehow he's gone from playing in the Champions League group stage to playing with a 16-year-old in Harvey Elliott. Uh, but struggled. Not struggled, but had a had a, a rude awakening to the intensity of the way this team plays. And w- and the intensity is what's expected from a Liverpool crowd. I think, yeah, exactly. He's, he's got, Obviously, he's played against us twice, so he knows what somewhat is intensity. But there's a difference between when you're getting the intensity of playing in the Champions League, but when you're playing at home in the derby, and not even in the derby, but the fact that it was a derby adds an extra 10%. But at home, in England, you know, it wasn't the Premier League, but it was a, it was a cup competition against English opposition. You know, the intensity in England is... It, I mean, especially when he's, he hasn't even been playing in Germany, he's been playing in Austria. Yeah. And, and these kids are running around, like, you know, at an unbelievable pace and intensity, and he's got to match it. And, and I think he did. I think he did really, really well, and it, it bodes really well for the future. I mean, sometimes you look at him, you say, you know, was he that involved in this idea? But you've got to take it all into account. You know, he's literally been training with, like, for a week. How often do we say Firmino doesn't look that involved? Then, all, then all of a sudden, but is then you, when you you watch a rerun of the game and you don't watch the ball, you watch what he does off the ball, and all of that movement that he gives opens the space up for other people. I I suspect if we did that, we'd see that coming from um, Firmino. You know, we spoke about you know players coming in January, and you know you got players coming in. It takes a while to blood them in because how many times have we bought a player and we haven't seen him for six months? I mean, he got thrown in because he had to. But, you know, we didn't see him um, on the weekend at Spurs. No, he was on the bench. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. He was on the bench. But he didn't get introduced. But I suspect, had we had a 2 a 3 nil 100% lead, no, I, I he'd agree have probably with that. come on then. But he's not, or maybe a goal down, but he's not someone that's going to be thrown in straight away. A goal down, it was still a Rigi for me. Then, you know, so, it, yeah. I think it, it, there's massive potential there. I think it looks like the player we're expecting. I think we've got to be patient. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't see that much of him before oh, the no, end of the year. I, I, I can all but guarantee we won't see that much of him. Yeah, the, um, old, the old cameo performance here and there. And, and to the be reason honest, we're getting him in now is basically so we're not getting him in the in the summer, and then we're waiting till this time next year to go. Okay, now we should start seeing what he's seeing what at. he's like in a preseason game. Exactly. You know like. um, the idea of getting him in now is that he can have the rest of the season preseason. So as of match day one. Next year. 2020, in August, he is firing and on all cylinders. And he's fighting for his place in the front three. You know, and, and let's be honest. Or the midfield three. He, yeah, he's he's got to try and be our, our number two for Firmino, which we know is so bloody hard. He's the best at doing what he does. No question. Does so much for the team. And it looks like we've got, you know, a template replacement, which is brilliant. Curtis Jones... Uh, Scouser, what do you say? Comes what in and, 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 and scores an absolute worldie, and it it was literally out of nothing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was out of nothing. And I, I said to you before, just before that, it was getting a little bit angry because you know you felt like he maybe was about to come off, not because he hadn't been playing well, but we just needed a different approach. Um, and we had the lads on the bench that could have. Um, so I feel like if that was the first half, he wouldn't take that shot on. But it shows the, the the confidence of the man. Yeah, the bloke, and obviously Origi. Uh, was in around the the scene of the crime. There was, I think it was Origi actually knocked one of the Everton players and then he slipped and fell to the ground. And the Everton player was lying on the floor looking for a free kick or something. And had he jumped up to his feet, he'd have actually been pretty much right on top of where the shot came from. But by the time he got to his feet, it was too bloody late. Uh, I just think the turn and, and the lift, it... Yeah, it was it was just such a sweet thing to see for a young Scouse lad to do. Uh, you know, in a derby, definitely dreams, definitely, definitely dreams. You know, we talk about short arms and um, Jordan Pickford, but uh, to be fair, I don't think Allison would have stopped that one. It was just, it was picture perfect. Yeah, I think Allison would, but nobody else. <laughs> but I'm biased. Um, and, you know, he, he runs away, and what a moment for you know to be a Liverpool lad to, to score in the derby and end up obviously scoring the winner. What well, I loved is. Uh, his balls in the post-game press conference as well. I was about to say, what, well. what do you think of the comments to say how he's frustrated that he hasn't had more of a game I think time? He, I think he's just a young lad being honest. And I think Klopp knows that. And he, and Klopp's always said, you know, I don't want people bitching and moaning about uh, why aren't I playing. I want people to asking me, what do I need to do to get in the team? Well, the answer is score goals like that. I think we will definitely see more of him now. No question. 
Definitely. No, I totally agree. I think him and Harvey Elliott are the main two to come through Harvey, the academy next. Again, Harvey Elliott was, was outstanding on the he, opposite he, side. He was just he, he's just a nuisance. And to see that, uh, obviously he's very raw. Yeah. Very raw. But as a, to be a 16-year-old to play in that environment against, you know, a top-end Premier League fullback. It's like we, we sat and watched, I mean, you'd watched it and I watched it the other day, the, uh, the Rooney sat on the couch and uh, and he basically said he could see as a youngster coming through the fear in the defender's eyes. It was an opposite sport, wasn't he? And right. he was sitting down with Gary Neville. And he basically goes through, his, you know, the goals and his um, basically starts and looks at all of his best memories. He's done it with a lot of players, but he's been to Rooney. And Rooney basically said, "I know. As soon as I turn and ran at players, I said I wasn't very technical, but as soon as I ran at players, I know they were scared of me, and they were going to back off or take me down. I knew that they were they were really scared of me." And you think that with Harvey Elliott, he yeah, just knows that. Definitely. Especially now there's all this hype about him. He do, you know, sometimes he doesn't even need to run at them and they're already scared. They're, you know, coming to the pitch like, this kid's just going to run at me non-stop for 90 minutes. This is going to be a long day. Very much. Uh, and again, we just sit and see how this team is evolving with the mixture of, you know, the season pros and these kids coming through. And yeah, the kids are going to have to bide their time. They're going to get the moments, but you know that the senior pros are going to move, either move on, or the legs are going to start to go. They're going to go off the boil a little bit. Things change, and the, the classic teams, uh, yeah, the Paisleys, always change one one player a year kind of thing. And every now and again, there'd be a, a you know three or four would change, but you're constantly getting rotation through the squad. Uh, yeah, I think over the next two years, we'll definitely lose one of the front three. And when that happens, we have lads waiting to, to grab the opportunity to establish themselves in a permanent first team spot, which is fantastic. So moving on to the Everton fans, um, you know, normally, you know, they're normally the nice allowed anyway for a derby game. But the fact that they can bring 9,000 and now, now with the stadium, um, the stadium expansion. Not only do they have the whole of the lower Annie Road end, now they literally have they have the well. whole upper Annie Road end. Um, and by all accounts, they were as quiet as anything. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was disappointed with them turning the backs on you never walk alone. If I'm honest, uh, I think that was disappointed. Pr- yeah, I think I, I think. Well, <laughs> you expect them to start singing and waving their flags about? No, that? to be honest, I expect them to try and boo it down. That, I, I prefer them to be positive in the in, in the supporting of their own team rather than making a really shit gesture. Uh, I had no issues with them turning their back. Yeah, to me, to me, I thought that was shit, to be honest. Uh, I loved the way the club uh, invited Speedo Mick in, yeah. kind of thing, and he and he, he did a, a slide onto the pitch before the game and he was doing his interviews. Fair play to the lad, he's done really, really well and I think it was really good at the club uh, to offer the, the hand of, of, of friendship and support for what he's doing. Brilliant. Uh, and, and he had a ball, I think, as well, apart from getting beat. So, yeah, but the fans themselves... Great to see a big crowd. I would like, yeah, I thought, I thought they'd have been louder, but the problem is, had they have gone one nil up or two nil up, then we'd have probably heard them a bit more. I think once they realised that this team was, this young kids team was holding their their top squad, then it becomes embarrassing. I've heard mixed emotions from Everton fans. They were saying when the teams came out, some of them were really excited to go. This is our big chance to you know, kill the hoodoo type of thing. Others were like, well, you know, it is a lose-lose. We really. we, yeah. win, we win the game. Yes, we win at Anfield, but it, we you, beat, be, the you beat the kids. Or if we somehow come and lose, which obviously they did, it's, you know, we're never going to hear the end of it. And they're not. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you think back of the recent derbies, you know, the the late win Mane a few, about three years ago. Um, the, the recent games of, you know, 4-0 four, in 2016. The Origi goal, the five-two this season. Um, this one pips a it lot. Does. This one absolutely destroys them. And you, I don't think ever, any Evertonians would have been in any pubs in Liverpool that night. Well, you literally say how many ways, how many different ways can you win a derby? You know, we've won it in the last minute there. Um, we've won, you know, in the 2001, we won it in the last minute there in a, a goal thriller. You know, they say in 2015, Mane won 
scored in the, probably the world's shittest derby ever. You know, it was boring as hell, but Mane um, scores late. We've, we beat them 4 0, we beat them 5 2. We scored the stupidest goal ever in a Merseyside derby of the Rigi, and everyone's like, that'll never be beaten. Then we go beat them 5 2, goes, okay, how many ways can we win this derby? And we've gone and done it another way. Yeah, I think they've got to go back to the drawing board and start again and stop focusing on us and focus on themselves. I think they always come into it to, um, to it's never about let's, I mean, obviously, it wasn't, there was no three points up for grabs, but going into the league situation, it, it's never, we, let's just get through to the next round, let's just get the three points. It's, we need to beat Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I uh, think Klopp's got it installed into their mind. He goes, yes, it's Everton, but it's just three points game. or get through, get through the tie. And that's from first team to, um, you know, the, yeah, young, the, the young, young kids. Lads. Absolutely. And whatever it is, I th- you know, they've got a manager that can do it, but I think it's going to take time. They've got to keep him. Uh, there's a lot of talk now what they're going to do uh, in the transfer window, whether they'll be able to. I, know I did hear a really big shout that they may be looking to move Pickford on. Uh because what they've got there right now is the carrier scenario that no matter what Pickford does, he's going to struggle to come back from this psychology uh, of, of of not being able to and the fans as well fans exactly. So it's a case of and the back four don't that feel trusting of him and everything else. So it's just a case of maybe they just replace him with somebody, but he can't have Adrian. <laughs> so we get through the FA Cup. Um, we go on to win the competition. Uh, Who's going to stop us? We, 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 we're uh, we're going to get Shrewsbury or Bristol City. Yeah. We'll find out midweek away. I want us to win it, but I want him to keep playing the kids. I've seen an interview with Mark Keogh, um today. Actually, I quick read it online, and it was talking about um, the, his invincible side. He was part of the Arsenal's invincible side, and he basically was talking about how... Um, not letting the invincible season undermine the rest of the season. Um, basically saying, if Liverpool go and win, obviously we've already won two competitions, we're going to win the league this year. Um, say if we go win the FA Cup and the Champions League, that's going to be remembered more than if we go win nothing else and go unbeaten. Well, let's say... He said they concentrated that much on going unbeaten. You know, they didn't get very far in the cup competitions. They got out of the Champions League in the semi-final stage. What happens is a question for you. Let's say we get, you know, get to April and we wrap the league up, but we're still unbeaten and we've still got the FA Cup to play in, still got the Champions League to play in. Do you start winding your teams down in the league to focus on those two competitions? Two things. One clock won't allow that because, you know, we've seen the likes of um, League of One sides and the French teams, um, even the Italian teams as of late really struggle because their their domestic competitions have been poor. So therefore, they're not playing quality sides week in, week out. So when they go into these big European ties, they struggle. Um, so I feel like he has to keep playing the lads to keep that um, moment, you know, momentum going. Um, and I forgot my other point, sorry. So I think, yeah, and it's it. I think they've got to make a decision. I think, And it's a big decision. Do we still want to maintain and push this this unbeatable, or is it all about the next game? And at that point, the next game that really matters, the league's done. The next game that matters is the cup competition game. And if you if you've got two games in a week there, he is not, in my opinion, going to play the strongest team. Still, put a team out that he thinks can win. And if he, but if they don't. Shrugs the shoulders. Yet again, though, this team's conditioned and has done for two seasons now, gone toe-to-toe in not only the Champions League, but the league. And he has done it where you've got to win every single game and lead into the cup, um, into the last few games of the season. However, they've gone and then still beaten. One thing, with again, I remember my second point. It was basically that, although Arsenal went undefeated, they drew a lot of fucking games. They did. So their season wasn't wrapped up. In that's, April, it wasn't till late April, about. early May, till they wrapped their that's, season up because they I mean. only won the, you know, okay, they won by a fair on. amount of points, but because they drew so many games, it was later on. So the, you know, they they focused on that. Yeah, I, they still had to keep focusing on the league. Hence, why they end up maybe going unbeaten because they had to focus on it. 
See, and we got to where we were last year. We had to keep going in the league because we were hoping Man City would drop points. We we had to win every game to have any chance of the league, and we and we won every game to the end. At the same time, we had to follow it through in the Champions League to get through to the final and win. This year, it's different for we, me. If, if we wrap it up, I'm just saying, I'm, and I'm not sure I know what the answer is. I just think it's a real interesting dialogue. I know what the answer is. Klopp won't allow that. The idea of um, he's never been one to be like that. Um, you know, you and I both know that. And for me, he'll set goals. So at the minute, the goal is to win the league. Yes. Win the FA Cup and win the Champions League. Yes. As soon as the league is ticked off, um, but in the next three weeks, what we do, <laughs> set new goals. Okay, 100 points. When 100 points is ticked off, by March, it'll be, okay, unbeaten. You tick these little goals off. Unbeaten isn't a goal at the minute, but in April, it may be a goal. I agree to an extent, but the main goals at that point, once the league's done, the main goal is to win the Champions League. If we're still in it, which I expect we will be, and win the FA Cup. And they become much higher priorities of the three then, because the league's done. Uh, get, what what would you prefer? Win, win the league, win the Champions League, win the FA Cup, but don't become the unbeatable. Well, we, we had this we had this question last week, didn't we? And we both yeah. said we of course you win the treble. So, given the choice, that's yeah, you know, and you had to sacrifice something. That's the one I would potentially think he'll sacrifice. Well, talking about the league, obviously. Um, we had look. We have a big like spoke at the start. We had a big block of four games coming up where, you know, you know most people are saying we've won the league anyway. However, I reckon you, you can literally, you know, there was a point where City a few seasons ago when they hit the hundred points, would they were called champions elect, and you could confidently say they were champions elect. If we get through these four set of games um, before this Spurs game, you, you said if we get these through four set of games. Spurs away, United no. at home. Wolves away, and then you win your game in hand. Get through that game. I think, what's the, what's the gap now? 14, 16, 16, 16 points. 16. So say, for me, I don't know about you, it was get through the games, including the game in hand, and we're still 16 points. So therefore, you can draw against Spurs, you can draw against United, you can draw a game, only one game. But obviously, you win your game in hand. So at the end of the four-game the four block, you're still 16 points ahead. We are champions elect. Yeah. We've won the league, and we 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 kind of said that a few weeks ago, in, in when we were looking at the the first runner block from the the run out from the the new year, and we we're saying we'd be happy to get through that and those games and maybe drew one. Well, here we are. We've won them all. Oh, and uh, you know. Leicester have dropped points as well. Fantastic. I think we always knew Leicester was slowly going to drop off after yeah. um, getting beat by us and City. Um, but, you know, if you think of the four games, this was probably, on paper... The toughest test. The toughest test. Last week and, and the game coming up. You know, I'd beat United for me. Beat United, and then I'll start thinking, truly, we've got this done. Coming into this game, we knew what, I mean, let's be honest, we knew what the starting eleven was going to be. Um, I think the big question was, was it going to be um, Lallana or Oxlade-Chamberlain? Um, and it went with Chamberlain. Um, any thoughts why? Or Only because he's done so well. And, and if, if you remember, he, we talked about it in the last pod. He took Ox off uh, on 60 minutes. And we said then, the fact that he's took him off means he's going to start him in the next game. And he did. But he still wouldn't have started Lallana after, you know, it, it's still been a oh, week. Oh, sorry, sorry, it was Lallana pulled off. It was, yeah, sorry, I've got you know, the wrong after, way after Everton... Sorry, I apologise. I expected Lallana to start. Sorry, yes, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I sorry. Uh, I expected Lallana to start and I would have started Lallana personally. I think, so, I think, you know, looking at the Spurs side with... And their new players, they're really struggling for injuries at the minute. Obviously, um, Hugo Lloris had that horror... Injury. Elbow injury um, well before Christmas against Brighton. Kane obviously injured, so they, they struggled from attacking force. But in midfield was their problem. They had Indombele and Tashoko both out. So, you know, their midfield was um, Christian Eriksen, Harry Winks, with Son and Aurier either side. And Aurier is more of a fullback anyway. For me, the reason he's gone with Chamberlain over because Eriksen and Winks aren't fast. Good technical players, but they're not fast. 
Mm, Chamberlain goal. can run through, run through the, the, big, Henderson, strong. Chamberlain will run around, rings around them more. And when they get to even more tired, that's when you bring Lallana on, which he did, and he came on and did a job. Yeah, no, fair play, good shout. Um, I, I, I couldn't disagree with that. So obviously, with I actually thought Son had quite a good game to be definitely, honest. Definitely, and you know, from look, the problem with Spurs is that they were going to make chances. Every team has chances, um, but they went. You know, Lucas was kind of up top in his own. Um, and he, he's not a striker, he's a winger, and, you know, they really struggled. I, I just love the fact, and it goes back to the difference that Alisson makes. All the saves that he made... Made look so easy. We, the saves he's expected to save, but he doesn't just save them. He hangs on, he, he held every shot, he didn't parry any of them. Every single one, and there were always people following... How many, keep, how many keepers do you see parry that to the side, or if they do try and catch it like he does spill it spill it yeah um literally and it wasn't even a bit of a spill it literally clenched in there like it, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't going go. anywhere wasn't going anywhere and that is is the kind of difference that the dollars makes when you're buying top draw players you know yeah you know, the van dyke and and, and Allison, uh signings just show and, and they're key to this run. Well, definitely. Van Dyke said after the game, um, you know, they were talking about how assured the back four are now. And, you know, we've gone, you know, five or six games now without conceding a goal. And, and he goes, uh, you know, what? He goes, of course I'm going to be like that. Have you seen the guy behind me, basically? Absolutely. You know, how confident do I need to be when that bloke is behind me? I still say, though, as well, you know, these, these clean sheets have started coming in since we've had uh, Gomez in as well. You know, it, it's amazing that. Although Lovren, individually, Lovren and Matic were playing really well with Van Dyke, and we were still winning games, but we were winning games 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, With Gomez there, we literally haven't... Just like we started the season last year. I think when there's... You know, his pace saves us at times. And it, and it, 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 he happened, because of his pace, he manages to get where other players don't for that last-minute ditch block and stuff like that, or putting somebody But we're seeing off. Van Dyke go to ground for the first time since we bought him, wasn't Jeez. it? Crazy. Uh, but hey, so we, and he can slide tackle. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we found out. Now, were you worried coming into the game? Spurs have only won one of the last four coming into it. Are they, they, you know, I think they won three on the bounce after getting the new manager in. Um, sometimes you think the new manager bounce will maybe last a bit, not only will last maybe a bit longer than that, and then you would hopefully you know, the new manager bounce turns into a bit more of a run. But they got, you know, they only got a three game new manager bounce, and they, like I said, have only won one of the last four now. It's like, and they're really struggling to beat the, the big side. You know, they yeah. recently lost to Chelsea, they lost to United. I was definitely worried. Uh, you know, this, Kane, this, the Kane injury made a big difference, and it was going to go one or two ways. Sometimes when Kane goes out to the Spurs side, the other players step up because he's not there. When they're in, when he's in the squad, they just leave him to it. So there was a concern that if Kane's out, all of a sudden Son and that start doing what they're supposed to do. And to be honest, they had their chances. They they had their chances and could have done damage. And thank God we've got the back line and, and the goalkeeper. We I have. don't think we need to talk about you know, us and City anymore, but if you still are, you look at games where they drop points and you don't. You know, they drop points against um, Tottenham at the very start of the season. They should, they battered Spurs, they really should have won. But they dropped points against Spurs and we've won there and won. Regardless yeah. of the teams, we've gone there and won and they didn't. And that's the difference this season. Yeah. I, I, well, look, in this particular instance, it, we, we have been fortunate that the injury to Kane happened at this time. Uh, it's in the middle of this block. T- players are tired, uh, but our players are tired as well. But you know, we—I just think it, it was probably. I prefer to play Spurs now than than probably in October, if I'm honest. That's what I mean. You know, Spurs are going to change their fortune. You know, they're sitting eighth at the minute. They're, they're going to change their fortunes are going to change soon, and they're going to start winning. They're going to win a block of games. And you know, I would have thought I was a bit worried because you know we're better to start than against us. You know, Mourinho loves playing against us and starting spoiling our party. We knew exactly how they were going to set up, and they did exactly that. It's very defensive, but the fact that we've gone there and you know, I think the first half possession stats. I think we averaged about seventy five percent. But the fact that one, at one stage in that first half we had about eighty two percent possession in the new stadium, we we that first half we we dominated from minute one. 
And we really should have scored after minute two or three. We should. Uh, you know, how that never went in, I'll never know. But by the same token, how they got the, the thing right at the end never went in, I'll never know. So it evens itself out. Uh, yeah, they were. it would have been good to do that because their crowd was, was pretty good at the new stadium. I actually really liked what I saw the new stadium, to be honest. It's a beautiful stadium, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, you know, it's really intense by look at crowd-wise. I think they've managed, not many new stadiums managed to recreate the old... The old it's like atmosphere, a new shop, isn't it? it's yeah, massive, that single stand. That's it. Yeah, so fair play to it. And even Klopp was saying how he loved the new changing rooms. But had that early goal gone in, we'd have quieted the crowd right down. It would have been great. But as it was, the boys had to do what they needed to do. For me, it was very similar to Leicester away. Um, we got the goal to before half time, which we deserved because we dominated the game. I think in the Leicester game, we got the second. And I think if we get the second, I think the way we got the second against Leicester also helped Killed us. Killed them off, yeah. Because they felt they were hard done by. But I do feel like if we got a second around the 50-hour mark, like we did against um, Leicester, I think we do probably go on. The way that, you know, the way they're going in the minute, they probably feel yeah, hard. their heads would have gone down. They would have felt hard done by um, with all their injuries and that. The other heads would have went down. But fair play, they stuck in there. And well, Mourinho sets his stall out, you know, Defend, no, if you say to Mourinho, like on 70 minutes, you're 1-0 down, he takes it all day. Exactly, because then he changed his formation. He started coming out and trying to get at us a bit more. And to be honest, we had to defend. Like, and I think that's a difference with this team, though. You know, you say, you know, people say Spurs dominated the second half, really. Or, you know, you know, you can say the game t- splits in two at the sixth, after 70 minutes. They dominate the last 20 minutes. For me, it's not they dominate the last 50 minutes, um, last 20 minutes or half an hour. It's more of... We on seventy minutes we go okay. We haven't scored the second. Let's sit in and win this one nil. You know you see Mane, you see Sal, you know you see Mane do it a fair, but but you see Salah, Salah tracking back. Exactly. You know Firmino was unreal. So for me it wasn't so much of look. Um, the grass Spurs did well in the last half an hour, twenty minutes, um, to try and get the winner. Oh sorry, equaliser. an equaliser. But for me it wasn't so much of they dominated. For me it was more of. You know, this Liverpool tide's different. They don't need to have to find a second. You know, if this was a Liverpool team at the start of the season, well, we were still conceding goals, I would say we needed that second. But, I mean, this season, this this team's totally different than last year as well. It was more, I think we are getting to 60 minutes now, 17 minutes and going, OK, we're only 1-0. We've tried to score the, the winner, or the, you know, the game to kill it off. We haven't. Let's sit back in and, and let's just see it out. And we do. He sat here talking about us going... The rest of the season, uh, it, you know, unbeaten and invincible. Could we go to the end to the end of the season in the league and not concede a goal? Exactly where we're going, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like because we're just setting up st- uh, the stall so strong, so strong. And I'm not gonna lie, when Lasso, like Lasso, whatever the fucking name is, misses that chance. My point before, it's not that we were tired. It's not that we were you know, struggling. Okay, we were making bad decisions and lads in the middle maybe did actually, to be fair, look a bit tired. You know, get Henderson and Genie of all people getting caught on the ball. But the fact that if Lasosa or Lasosa, whatever the fucking name is, did score that chance, it wouldn't surprise me if we'd actually gone down to the other end, end and, and scored again. Yeah. The minute they score, we go, okay, now we need to score. Yeah, we come we're going to put you on the back foot again. Yeah. Because uh, I think we dictate the game. If we really wanted to put that in the back foot, we do. We yeah, we could have we could have put them on the back foot till the ninetieth minute mark, but we just didn't want to get caught on the counter. And we said the same about the Everton game. We feel that you know had had they've equalised, we'd have had enough in the in the locker to go back and score another. You never think you're not going to win the game. Exactly. Yeah, there's and always at the end of the day, more. Look, if you say we were going to draw a game in this block, it probably would have been Spurs away. Yeah. Um, yeah, Spurs no or question. even maybe even Wolves, but then Wolves go and get beat um, this weekend. But it maybe would have been um, Tottenham. You, you know, you, look, we're not losing at home to anyone. It like I said, it's more we, we don't play the occasion; we play the team. Um, United will come, and Oli will try and turn that into the occasion. But we'll get onto that in a minute. We'll get onto the goal. Um, it's it, it's. A typical for Bobby Firmino goal, and we've you know even the chance early on that's you know somehow saved on the line, and Oxlade, it's very similar to that where we work it inside the box, but there's just a little bit of cutting edge where he puts it away. 
Also, I think the body shape that he gets to give him the space. It's the dummy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah he t- Sal does great, plays him in. Yeah, and again, the poor defender, forgotten his name, and he's had a really good game kind of thing. Tanganga. Tanganga. I, I've, got my, I've got him on my list, actually, because, he, he, you know, for a young lad coming in, who's he, a fucking brick, yeah, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. He, so, you know, he played it on Mane, who's the best player in the world at the minute. I don't and, care who, and, what you and say. gave him a game. And, if anything, kept him a bit quiet. He did. It's the he only did. time Mane maybe did really well is when he came inside. Yeah. You know, to be fair, Mane put him... that. Um, Tandanga on his arse a few, few times. times. But the, the kid, it's a kid. Yeah. The fact that he did really well on Mane is a testament to him. Yeah. And he literally, you know, blink of an eye, uh, you know, Firmino just turns it the opposite way, the bit of the dummy, and then the finish is sublime, to be honest. Uh, and it just goes back to say about Bobby, because again, didn't see that much of Bobby in the game in real terms. Big chunk of the game, but he's doing everything off the ball. There's a lot of intricacies trying to happen. It's not coming off, but he just keep going and keep going. There was, um, there was, and it an, in, there was an interview with Chamberlain um, during the week saying how, you know, this team's never really satisfied. You know, after the four-three win over Salzburg, they were in the change rooms and it was quiet. It was really dim, like they lost the game. Um, and it showed again in some of the pre-post-match stuff here. Um, apparently, you know. Bobby Firmino apologised to Klopp saying I should have had on more the pitch. on when the kept, pitch yeah. there's a Klopp clear video to give him a hit a there's, there's a, again with Henderson there's a clear video of Henderson of Klopp coming over and Henderson goes that was fucking shit no we've just beaten Spurs 1-0 in, 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 in their, their backyard in their backyard to go 16, 16 points clear to win 21 out of 22 games and you know he's still not happy and that's why we are where we are and that goes back to the mentality of monsters if it isn't perfect, it isn't good enough. And, so, and you'll never be perfect, so it's never good enough. So everyone strives for that, that perfection. I think in Guardiola's teams, it's Guardiola searching for the perfection and the, not all the players buy into it at times or, or they did and now they got tired of it, I don't know. But everyone in Klopp's team has bought into that striving for perfection and not accepting when it isn't perfect. So... Long may it continue. We'll quickly go on to Man United, just have a quick talk, because um, you know, it is a big game coming up. Um, and you know this is, will be the, hopefully the last time we play United without a Premier League title, title in the cabinet. <sighs> um, and again, we were talking quickly about, I touched on it quickly before we moved on to the goal, how we play the game and not the team and the occasion. Yeah. The only way they win this game is by Oli rallying them up and playing the occasion, not the team. Yeah, and they've got to they've got to come at us big time. Now they're coming off for a good win against Norwich four um, nil, but I just can't see anything but a Liverpool win. I can't. I don't, and I can't see him scoring either. I really can't. I don't think the the strikers are not confident. You know, they've, they've got a few quick lads in. Um, you know that James. They've got Rashford. They've got Greenwood. They were both doing well. All three of them are doing well. Marshall as well. All got goals recently. Three of them, you know, James, Rashford and um, Greenwood both scored in the 4-0 win. But a lot of their thing is on pace. And uh, we've got pace right, right across our the back four. Yeah, yeah, say Van Dijk in there. Gomez. I don't see him. Yeah, they might turn the back line going out wide behind the full backs. But Van Dijk will, will cover it. Gomez will cover it. I don't see him scoring. I think they'll come and they'll have a go. And uh, I just hope I don't see Ollie doing a low block. I really don't. I think Ollie will come and have a go. And I th- well, I think they'll, like I said, they'll rally up. And you know, you can see even see a few rash challenges getting thrown in early. I would expect it. The way he'll rally them, like I said, uh, yeah. playing the occasion, not the game. I ex- definitely expect it. And uh, you know, bring it on. No, bring it on. It's after you know City. You play. You know, I mean. It doesn't Shit even matter time anymore. for the kickoff here. You know, it's after playing, you know, City would have already played Palace, Leicester are playing Burnley, and we're at 3am on a Monday morning. I know, Monday morning, 3 o'clock. God's truth. Won't but be going to bed that night. But it's um, not a bad way to start your Monday going, what, 16 points clear again? Yeah. This is City still win the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't see City slipping up this week, to be honest, so that's fine. <laughs> Every game we go and we don't lose, there's less 
points for them to close. To close yeah, I think. The I mean, they, they run happened. out of time. There's, there's all this going on every single week. It changes. I don't know. I don't know why, but I did see. Something. I don't know if it's true or not. Cause I can't be asked doing the maths, and we both know maths ain't my strong point. But we're gonna. They can now after their win, they can only get ninety four points. Yeah, max they can get. From calculations that I got off Facebook, um, trust Facebook. Trust Woo-hoo. Facebook. We earn our ninety fourth point if we go and beat Manchester City at City yeah. at the Etihad. Yeah, and if it's and if they drop points, I think it's a week a week earlier with Everton. No, I think Everton's, a, few, Ever- Everton's a week a few week weeks after. later. Yeah, because the talk is that we might win it the week before and then get the honour guard. But can you imagine when if if they get a guard of honour? If the city might, if we drop po- if city drop points and we Everton's two weeks earlier than city. Okay, there you go. Thought it was. I mean, they won't give us a guard of honor. Let's be honest. Uh, no, no, and they seen the uh, a couple of things going doing the rounds. But winning the trophy at Goodison would be fucking unreal. I've seen some Everton fans have actually tweeted out that. Uh, they're not going to go. They're going to sell it if they think that we're we're going to win on the day and, and or whatever. They're, well, they're I mean, selling look, the tickets. If it comes to, to the Liverpool game supporters. and if we win, if if a win means we win the league, they will be selling their tickets, guaranteed. The, people are already saying they're doing it. it yeah, you know, if if that's the case, they're, they're definitely members. doing it. Yeah, they're selling. No, they're selling. No, they're going to tout them. <laughs> Basically, yeah. if you want to go see your team win the league, you got to pay thousands. Yeah, and get and so I'll, I'll get a, I'll get a holiday to Spain off the back of it. Because uh, I'm leaving the town, I'm not going to be around. Kind of scenario. It'll be fucking amazing. But anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. All right, been a nice podcast. We'll um, make sure we're a bit up to date. We'll probably look to do one next Monday after United. It'll be this time next week. We'll look to do one. I reckon. Yeah, I think so. We'll Monday do it after. Night. Mate. We'll, we want to do it after United, really, won't we? Yeah, I think so. So the, the Reds will be back sixteen points clear and one game. One game closer towards that Premier League title of the Reds. Sounds good to me.